listening to Faith FM and you're about to hear a great discussion from the members of Warrigal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let us know your thoughts via Facebook or call 1-800-FAITH-FM. Hi and uh, welcome. My name is Baron. I'm here with Rob, Ray and Tinny. And today we're discussing the topic of forsaken in the biblical sense. Uh, I don't think any of us here would like to be forsaken. Would uh, anybody here put their hand up and go, yes, I'm for that? <laughs> no, I think it's a terrible feeling to be forsaken, isn't it? On personal level, I, I can sort of feel it now because my wife and, and half of my family is away, so I feel forsaken a little bit. But, um, yeah, uh, I think to be forsaken in spiritual sense and feeling that God has left you, mm. um, it is a, a terrible feeling because there is no hope then mm. beyond being forsaken. Well, I think at all times in our life, I think we could all say there's been points where we have felt utterly alone. You're on your own. You're abandoned. What am I going to do? And it is a dreadful feeling. Uh, mm. It's you're 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 almost clutching for anything or any hope mm. to just push that aside. Mm. It's it's interesting when I think of the word forsaken. It kind of brings me to think about commitment. And I think we're living in a time where you know not so many people want to commit to something. Eh? Um, yeah, and I think. It sort of leaves you then a bit forsaken. Well, <laughs> on that commitment point, uh, Ray, I, f- I find that a-, a good analogy, as I always do with, say, like sport. I mean, we've just had the grand final. It's been a fantastic um, event for all the football followers and the teams that have won. And you see how many masses of people have followed this uh, these teams and some are committed, but I think the commitment is uh, not quite a hundred percent to what's required. Really, there's a lot of what they call bandwagon people that jump on at the uh, end to sort of get in on it. And uh, I think uh, the commitment to not be forsaken is what we're probably going to talk a little bit about here. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting when you when you go back to the time of Jesus. Um, everyone was on the bandwagon following Christ, but when it came to the time um, when he was about to give up his life, where was where was all his followers? Where was where were his disciples then? Exactly, um, he promised to everybody that he will never forsake anybody. He will mm. never ab- abandon anybody. But when it came to crunch, he was the one who was abandoned and left alone to die. No, oh, he was a hot potato. They just dropped him. Yeah, and and what what would uh, what would that be the 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 reason that um, people would easily forsake him as such? What would you say would be the motivation, if you like? Danger in this case, mm, self-preservation. Danger. Yeah, and I think it's a, a lack of understanding the true ministry of Christ. You know, they they had in their mind expecting one thing and it was totally different what they expected they expected to be set up as a nation great and christ is going to be the king but 
you know, in their minds, that was that's what they were hoping for and mm. and banking on, but it didn't go to what they expected. And lack of faith, maybe, and mm. lack of knowledge. Mm. What, what what do you think of um, the the moment when um, I think it's John six sixty six when um, mm-hmm. you you know the passage where seventy yeah yeah and uh, people forsook him after he said mm. uh, the, the things that he did say. Let me see if I can uh, bring it up where he. Let me see here where he, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And prior to that, he, it's when he went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. Um, it seems like uh, they had for, was it danger that they decided to leave him then, to forsake him then? Was it fear or was it something... Something more than that. Um, Look, it, it could have been, they, the, the doubts would have been creeping in, I think, because of what they had been perceiving. This was how this was going to play out, and it just wasn't following their script in their mind of what mm. was going on. And I think once you get those little doubts, you can then tend to just nurture them yourself. Till they become massive doubts, and you're just going, "What am I doing? What am I doing?" And it just becomes um, a sort of almost a, pa- a panic, which was amongst the apostles. A lot of them were panicking in certain senses. They they just left him, and you're thinking they've left the the king, mm. and um, and I'm not, not being harsh on them. Look, I'm more than likely I probably would have said oh, I'm out of here too. I would hope not, but I probably would have too. So. Um, they they just literally forsook him, as unlike him towards us. Mm. Yeah, we mentioned panic, and in Deuteronomy thirty one six, it actually says, and in this translation, actually uses exactly the same word. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And that is a strong, reassuring verse that you can hang on to because we all at times in life feel that, you know, we're on our own and things aren't going well. But uh, one thing that always gives me confidence, Hmm. and even whether I'm doing the right thing or the wrong thing, I know the Lord is with me. Hmm. I think what comes to my mind is is also is the motive and at According to that text of John six sixty six, I think that a lot of the people were there because what what event happened before that? You know the the feeding of the multitude. You know they were there for the food, for the bread, you know for the blessing. But when the sayings were hard, you know to walk the narrow path, it's it's not easy. They, they felt it was too hard for them, and so they you know their motive was the blessing. Mm. But were they willing to pay? The price, mm. and I think it also then reaches into the uh, what do you want to call it? The, maybe the danger of how people can be, in a speaking of a Christian or church context, how people can follow because of um, things like uh, like people there were were following for for reasons such as the food or the attraction or the hype or the trendiness or the excitement and all these things that can be very attractive 
but then when the you know when it comes down to the, to the crunch of it when then the expectation is you've got to move above that uh then doubts and and other things start to set in so i guess for me then it it, it begs the question of you know what should be the 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 one that people follow you know what should be the the real uh uh what do you call it uh what should be the ideal that people ought to to grasp onto as opposed to some of the what i would call the cosmetics that, mm. that people often are drawn to um, mm-hmm. And I guess it it, it involves uh, each person really doing self examination as to why are they why are they in for example this church is it simply because of the doctrines or because of the lovely people which is all fine and great but what then if there are no lovely people what if the doctrines then start uh, being questioned by certain philosophies and so forth what then will come of our commitment if you like will the uh, yeah, I think it uh, comes down to some deeper, deeper things than simply mm. just running away from. I, I think there was at least at least two groups of people that followed Jesus. There was the, the masses that followed him because of there was food, there was healing, miracles, and stuff like that. And um, and the second group would have been the, the twelve that mm. follow him everywhere, and uh, they didn't do it for the reason of food or anything else. There was a bit more commitment in it, and the first group, once the the food and miracles dried up because Jesus was taken away from them, that is quite obvious that these people will disperse. But the expectation from from the twelve was at least we will follow you for any in any situation, and they they failed in that aspect as well, mm. and, and and forsake Jesus. Mm. However, and. I like your point, Rob, about um, that analogy of all the people. And amazingly, though, the Lord never forsook any of them. No. He would have known full well every person there. He would have known every motive, but every one of those people would have been treated the same by him, um, and he would have welcomed and worked for them as hard as the one that was just there for a piece of fish. Mm. To the one that was proclaiming, I will lay down my life, mm. Mm. which makes you <laughs> makes us feel a little bit of shame when we turn our back on the Lord at times. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Also, when I look at the word forsaken, it brings to my mind as well is being alone. It's forsaking all alone, and I think the, I suppose the motive again is, do we follow because of the crowd? Do we follow because? Everyone's going down that path. Mm. And, you know, when it comes to following God and with your own personal life, it, it's it's a personal thing, isn't it? You can't follow because of someone else. You can't mm. have you can't sort of have their faith or hang on to their faith. You've got to have your own. And I suppose Christ he he's he went through the ultimate test. He was forsaken and all alone and died on that cross for each one of us. And I suppose what he experienced, we as Christians need to experience at times, and we need to be alone, just us and God. It's Mm. not us, and it's not, I suppose, us and ten other people. We're on our own. You've got to stand with you and God. Mm. That's how salvation works. It's Mm. just one-on-one, me and Jesus. Um, Nobody else can can be in that um, relationship um, of, of saving the soul. And um, the other thing was also 
Jesus wasn't only forsaken by humans, but he was forsaken by his Father in heaven, and that was a terrible thing, mm-hmm. at least for, for that moment when he, he was dying on the cross. Mm. Which was what was required, yep. Yeah. For me, I, in terms of how to stay connected and not forsake, because I think we all probably very clear that God does not forsake us. He never has and never will in, in that sense. But the question is, how do I not forsake God? And what shall I do to make sure that I don't get to that step? I, I don't know about each, and each, each of you guys. You might have different answers, but I, I really appreciate uh, Peter's answer. <clears throat> When uh, Jesus asked, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Messiah, the living, the son of the living God. For, for Peter, while he, he did forsake him uh, later on, but the words that he did say for me resonate with me. Who else do I go to? Who mm-hmm. else can I mm-hmm. come into? Uh, so when it comes to the point where that's the only option, then everything else is, is spiritual. Everything else is secondary. Uh, the reason then I should commit myself is because there's nothing else. <laughs> there's nothing else that really worth committing to outside yep. of that. And uh, th- for me, that'll be a great motivator or help as to helping, helping me not forsake, if you like. Yes. Um, oh, look, at times, oh, I'll admit, oh, I will not so much, well, I'll say grit my teeth and go, no, this is the Lord. This is what he would want. And it's like you said, didn't you? He he's the one. He's the purpose, and he's the reason we do. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else on um, the planet that um, can really provide what he is offering for us, and that is that inner peace and that and driving any of those feelings of being unforsaken completely out. Mm. If he's in, that feeling is out. Mm. Mm. And in that yeah. light, I like Hebrews 13, 5, um, where it says, don't love money, be satisfied with what you have, basically saying all these things that we have on this earth will let you down at some point in uh, in mm. time. But it, it continues to say, for God has said, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you, I will never leave you there alone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I just would like to encourage anyone out there who's listening and and they feel if they've made a decision to follow God and they, if they feel in any way or shape or form feel forsaken, um, I just want you to know that um, God will never forsake you or never would leave you. Mm. Even though you may feel alone, it may be for a moment, but God is always there with you. Yeah. We'll just leave this thought with you and uh, this has been Faith FM. Have a good day. listening to some of the members from Warrigal Seventh-day Adventist Church sharing on the idea of what it means to be forsaken. We hope you've enjoyed this segment and we would love your feedback. Get in touch with us on Facebook at faithfm.com.au or via 1-800-FAITH-FM. Faith FM.